Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to A Hungry Society, the show where we talk about food, dining, food media, and everything in between. Today's guest is Trish Fontanilla, co-founder of Boss Filipinos, an organization that creates Filipino and Asian events in greater Boston. Trish grew up in New Jersey and now lives in Boston working with Fright Farms, which sells shipping containers that house complete hydroponic growing systems. Trish, welcome to A Hungry Society. Thank you so much for having me. It's so awesome to have you here. Uh, Boss Filipinos is such a cool, cool organization. Um, can you talk a little bit about its inception and how it started? Sure. Um, so this it really starts about uh, seven or so years ago. I was at an event um, that City Search had put on. And Christine Liu, shout out. Um, who was there. Christine. She, yeah. <laughs> she was the um, community manager at the time. And I had, I think we had been talking about how post-college, um, I haven't really run into any Filipinos. And so we were at this event and she pulls these other, she pulls me into this like photo booth and is like, I found three other Filipino women. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's super hilarious because there's two pictures of me and these three women and we look like we're having an amazing time and we had just met like That's minutes amazing. before. Um, and so now that I had these like Filipino posse, uh, we started going to events and finding different like foods and different vendors. And then we eventually started to do potlucks. So if anyone's ever cooked Filipino food, you cannot cook it for under five people. <laughs> um, you cook it for like your partner and then you cook it for children in the neighborhood, whatever. <laughs> um, so we'd all like cook a dish and essentially bring Tupperware to bring um, leftovers home. So as we started doing that, um, one of the women that started hosting, her and this other um, food writer in Boston, so Lila and Bianca, um, mm-hmm. we started talking. We met with um, a chef who's over at the Milagros Project, and we're like, there needs to be more Filipino things happening in Boston because, um, of course, you and I were talking about earlier, there's only one Filipino restaurant, and it's outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. So you take it to the end of a line, and then you walk a mile, <laughs> and they own an Asian food store. Um, that's their primary source, and the restaurant's kind of um, a nice-to-have. So we were like, okay, what can we do without actually opening a physical space to elevate Filipino culture? And so Boss Filipinos essentially was born. So Lila, Bianca, and I... Um, are running it and chef is kind of popping in where he can so uh the the core of it was we have all these really cool filipino Mm -hmm. friends that are cooking food but we were just doing it for ourselves and we're like Mm -hmm. this is cool but why don't we (laughs) share this with other people so that people know more about filipino food and there's cool things like filipino dancing etc so it's our way of elevating filipino culture food because we're all obsessed with it but also doing other things as well yeah, I will say 
Boston was like sorely missing <laughs> some some Filipino food. Yeah, and it's such an interesting thing because we talk about um, we're talking about all the different restaurants. Like there's Ethiopian restaurants and Moroccan mm-hmm. restaurants and all these amazing foods, and it's like, hey, part of, like we're not here, we're not represented. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that in a relatively small scale way? But not just for us. It was really mm-hmm. important for me. We were talking about the mission, and, and and I didn't want it to be. It's an affinity group, but I want it to be elevating it so other people that are excited about it can right. get involved as well. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of our early, um, I'm in like tech world, so like the early adopters um, <laughs> are people from California that mm-hmm. are like, how is there not a Filipino restaurant? I'm that was like one of the places I always went to a Filipino restaurant at least once a week. Right. On when I was on the West Coast. Right. And I came here and I was like, okay, there's some Spanish food, there's some Chinese food, there's mm-hmm. even Indian f- food, you know, like the different influences of Filipino food, but mm-hmm. they are like, where can we get adobo? Like, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, do you want to come to my house? And yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't invite everybody to my house. All right. So how do we do this? So can you talk a little bit about the importance of dining and sharing meals in Filipino culture and, and what that means? Yeah. Um, you can't, if you say you're coming to my house, I have to have food, <laughs> like anything. Um, it was funny because we were having a, um, a meeting at Lila's house and we show up and there's, you know, just like treats out. So we have like dried fish that are like kind of an anchovies that you eat and dip in vinegar and there's biscuits out, etc. cetera. Mm. We were having a brunch that chef was actually cooking um, for us, you know, talking about, I guess we'll talk about the, uh, an eat up that we're doing, but he was supposed to cook and then I brought food <laughs> and, um, another one of the ladies brought food and it's like, wait, you said like, like a full spread yeah, for like, a casual what are you doing? meeting. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things that anything that happens, like if there's any kind of worship service, um, we used to have a lot of religious ceremonies. You got to have food. Mm-hmm. I mean, the religion's important, but you got to have food, mm-hmm. but it's just something that. Um, is very geared towards family. It's very geared towards sharing. Like it, when when you go to a house, you're like, this food isn't actually for the party. It's for the leftovers <laughs> that people bring home. Like everyone wants that little piece to, to send home. So it's really, really core to mm-hmm. um, the Filipino culture. And it was interesting because the ladies and I were, were so interested in food. I'm like, I know it's so core, but we also need to do other things because I want people <laughs> to know that we're more than just food. Like our food's amazing, but yeah. there's other parts of the culture as well. So uh, growing up, do you have any like very specific memories of uh, getting together around the dinner table? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we were talking about this. A little, I was talking about this a little bit Uh there's a lot of, so I'm first generation. My parents came here from the Philippines. And so a lot of my memories, my father was actually very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when everyone had to sit at the dinner table at a certain time, um, you had to like dress in a certain way too. I was going to ask that were you, did you have to dress up? Dress up a little bit. Um, so we had like a pool and I couldn't go, like, even as a kid sit in my bathing suit, I had to go and like have a shirt or something that covered my shoulders. There was no reaching of the dinner table. Oh, wow. Um, finish all of your food because you have hungry f- cousins in the Philippines Ooh, yeah. that don't. I got the same talk, but it was Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. There are and hungry so, people in Africa. Yeah. So it was funny because uh, I was just thinking about my, and it's one of those memories that you're like, did this actually happen? Because it just was so long ago is because of that. Um, 
My mom is amazing, amazing cook, but she was an overnight nurse in Newark, New Jersey. And so she would cook us an amazing meal, and then she'd work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. or 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oh, wow. Um, and so sometimes it was just us kids. If my dad could come home, he lived an hour away. I mean, he worked an hour away from our house. Um, so sometimes dinner time, my dad would try to be there, my mom would try to be there, but sometimes it was just us kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that guilt of having to eat everything on my plate, I just have this like really vivid memory of my brothers finishing food first and then me not being able to finish <laughs> and my brother taunting me and saying, mom said you couldn't leave the table until you finish oh, everything no. <laughs> and then started getting dark and he just like turned the lights off on me oh, no. and my dad came home and like, turned the lights on and I was just sitting there like in front of my oh, my, my plate goodness. with like a few things in front of them <laughs> but it was just like I don't know my brother's not talking about it it was just so long ago We're like did it actually happen or did we just have this shared collective memory. <laughs> oh <laughs> but so. yeah like finishing food because again we had my parents grew up in the Philippines and they didn't have a lot growing up. There was the like walk uphill both ways, ways to get ketchup mm. from, you know, town or the city or something. <laughs> um, so just those dining memories of, you know, talking to my brothers, I have three older brothers, but also, you know, how important food is, how mm-hmm. important not wasting food is. Yes. Um, those were kind of the discussions that we had at the at the dinner table growing up. Did you, uh, did you go out to eat a lot or did you mostly, was it mostly meals at home? Um, we only went out on like very special occasions. So Mm -hmm. kind of the Americanized holidays of like Mother's Day and Father's Day. And just when we were, we were as, I don't know when my parents thought we were supposed to go out, (laughs) we would go out. Um, and we grew up in this very Italian town in New Jersey and my my dad was kind of the worst ever at restaurants, which is maybe actually not thinking about it. Maybe is the reason why we didn't go, because he would walk out of a restaurant and be like, "B plus, I saw a fly in the corner." And be like, "Dad, what?" He was Yelp. He was Yelp was before Yelp. Yelp. Yep. Yeah, um, but but there was always this: if you went out to eat, you had to go out to a really fancy place, mm-hmm. and he hated dressing up, so. <laughs> There were the restaurants in town that, and I, I was talking to someone, I wonder if they still have these where you have to wear a jacket, and he didn't have a jacket, so he would go to this really fancy Italian place, and they would have to lend him mm, a jacket, I, Yeah, and he just like hated doing that. So it was always this really, we always had to go someplace really fancy, or like Chinese mm. buffet. <laughs> so it was either like really elevated, or, you know, not to say that Chinese buffet isn't elevated, but it was like... All right, this is how much we pay. Let's go for the crab legs because those are the highest price items. Um, but my mom was my mom cooked a lot, and we ate a lot of food at home. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so from that to Boss Filipinos, yeah. Um, can you talk about these events and 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 the vision for them and and what people can expect? Sure. Um, so our first event is actually September 25th, mm-hmm. um, and it is around food, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Chef Roland from the Lagros Project is actually cooking. He created the menu. Um, we had a little bit of input, but we're like, you're chef. You, you go to town, you make it happen. And it's going to be a tasting menu. If people are hungry at the end, I will like question who they are. <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, so that's like one of the first events that we're looking to do is we're all passionate about food. So we're like, 
this is the language that mm-hmm. we can share with others. Um, and so we're looking to do other events. I would love to do a Filipino dance event because uh, there's some interesting stuff. And one of the women that does some of the potlucks with us, she's a Filipino dancer. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of cool stuff around that. And I'm trying to figure out different ways for us to integrate other Asian American immigrants groups in Boston as well, because I mm-hmm. don't want us to be this little corner. And there's a right. lot of other great groups that are doing some cool things out there. So I'd love for us to get together and do things. Um, there's a lot of Asian American um, film folks, there's artists, uh, there's just so many cool things and you find out later that they're Filipino and you're like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so just trying to, just trying to get the word out there of like, Hey, because when you talk about Filipinos, unfortunately, one of the first things people talk about is a lot of the things that are happening in the Philippines right now around, um, the president. Mm-hmm. And that's like the thing that they take away from, I'm like, oh, I'm doing stuff around Filipinos. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. how do you feel about, you know, these yeah. things that are happening to you? And they talk about drug deals and et cetera. I'm like, there's more to us than that. Mm-hmm. So um, I have so many ideas for it. And it, I think it's the like, okay, rein it in, rein it in. Like, let's <laughs> figure out. Because another thing we we're talking about is we don't want to be overly educational, like how people right. come and feel like they're being lectured. Right. Um, I think one of the cool things about the Philippines and the interesting, well, interesting things is so many people have taken over and occupied the Philippines. So we have so many different influences. So when people ask me about Filipino food, for example, I'm like, okay, it's it's as if Spanish and Chinese food have a, had a love child. Like that's what Filipino food would be. Mm-hmm. So finding these different ways to meet people and where they are and their knowledge mm-hmm. of food, entertainment, et cetera, and, and kind mm-hmm. of infusing Filipino in into that um, through different events through whether it's food or arts or books etc. That's yeah. um, a, a pretty big goal for you know like a, yeah. a pop up space. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's, yeah. it's great because I think especially in in Boston there's not a lot of knowledge like broad knowledge about Filipino culture and Filipino food. So I think it's, yeah. it's really important. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because we were debating about the menu and how. Um, how much text we should have on the menu to explain on the dishes, right. which is you such have, a like, like historical dates. And yeah, like <laughs> right. And it's one Foot of those notes. things. Um, and it's funny because the so chef um, for this pop up was born in Chicago. I was born in New Jersey. Um, the other two founders, Lila and Bianca, were actually spent most of their time in the Philippines. And so even our Filipino experience together mm-hmm. is different. Right. I just po- posted um, how to, where to buy Filipino ingredients in Boston. And I was going through a list from some of the Filipino cooks that uh, were like, here's what here's what we buy. And I like didn't know things that were on the oh, list, wow. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, well, this is a treat we had growing up in the Philippines. I'm like, well, I had you who you had you cult, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so just the the Filipino American experience is is like a whole other yeah. world besides the Filipino experience, immigrant experience, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's we did bite off a lot (laughs) yeah but it's really important to all of us and I think the passion behind this and um you know getting that knowledge out there is it makes it seem less daunting yeah Yeah. that's wonderful (laughs) um so we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back after this 
Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Market believes in seeking out local, fresh, and seasonal food and in supporting local farmers, makers, and the community as a whole, economically and agriculturally. Whole Foods Market believes in food that is vivid and colorful, fresh and full of nutrients. Food that connects you to your body, the seasons, and to nature. Food that helps you do more, sleep better, and wake up happier. Found in over 400 locations throughout the United States, Whole Foods Market only sells food that meets their standards, which means no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners, ever. Whole Foods Market believes in real food. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more. All right, so we are back with Trish Montanilla of Boss Filipinos. And uh, one thing I, I want to ask you, as a food writer, I feel like I've seen so much lately about Filipino food being like the next cuisine. You know, I'm, I'm making air quotes right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but there's just so much around like Filipino food being trendy or like, you know, the new wave or, you know, yeah. all of these different terms. Uh, uh, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, I'm such a... Uh I'm such a like peacemaker in the universe because <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of angry people. Like there are mm-hmm. a lot of like we've always been here. Like our Filipino because Filipino restaurants have been around forever and ever and ever. As long as there have been Filipino yes. people, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some people have hid behind. Not actually, I don't. I don't say hid behind, but some people have tried to do Filipino and because you know some there's there is this feeling of like not being good enough because our identity is is so influenced by so many other cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are these people that are like, Rah! and then there's some people who are like, woo, yes, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't have to cook at home anymore. I can go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm clearly on the excited side <laughs> of the trend. I'm, I'm excited that people are recognizing it. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to see that and like sending mm-hmm. it to friends and having friends send me you know, the stuff even before Boss Filipinos, like, hey, mm-hmm. by the way, this pop up's happening and yeah. um, being recognized. But I am excited for the day where it's just like when there's a Boston food festival, it's not a Filipino food festival. We're just there, you know, <laughs> like it's just part of the culture because there are, you know, yeah. it's representative of the population versus let's just have a thing that's just for Filipino food. And it's like, no, it's. Let's have a thing for for everybody, and there happens to be, you know, a Filipino food restaurant or pop-up, et cetera, that's involved. So you are pro-trend pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the more we can talk about the culture and, Mm -hmm. and, and and there's just, like, this interesting ripple effect that I haven't seen before that people don't realize with, you know, when something becomes trendy, then people actually kind of dig deeper and talk about, oh, yeah, by the way, there's, you know, the Filipinos are really important in the, you know, um, farm movement in Mm -hmm. California, and they worked with the Mexicans, and there's um, these pieces now about, like, Mexipinos, so (laughs) people that are part Mexican, part Filipino, and they Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, how they came to be and all the different things around that. Um, So I just, I don't know, the more that I see things that I and I guess it's like selfish is <laughs> we've always been looking for some sort of recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just wrote a piece for Boss Filipinos actually about being fi- figuring out my Filipino American self. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, when you don't see it, I'm thinking about my God kids and Mm -hmm. kids these days that look in the media or look to different places and they don't see themselves recognized. And for me, like I didn't realize it was essentially okay to be out in Filipino, Mm. you know, (laughs) because you just grew up in a predominantly, you know, um, white town and, and it's very Italian. So you just ate Italian food and pizza. And I didn't realize that, you know, when I was doing these dinners and things on the weekends that I didn't invite you know, my other classmates too. I didn't realize how, how much we were compartmentalizing the identity of that. So mm-hmm. I get so excited when I see this cause I like look at my guy cause I'm like, Oh, they're going to like grow up and like see people that look like them in the media doing food things, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be super fun. So they're going to have representation. They're going to have yeah, something to look at. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's wonderful. Um, so when you're not cooking (laughs) or planning (laughs) pop-ups uh where do you like to go eat what's your favorite restaurant um that is super tough uh I know people ask me all the time as a food writer (laughs) and I have to you know like what occasion and you know who's with me oh my gosh I'm saying I'm like how are you feeling that day do you like (laughs) want people to like serve you food but leave you alone do you want to sit the bar by yourself (laughs) do you want how many people are coming do people like to share do they have allergies (laughs) Uh, so my, like people, I'm just like known for this to the point where they thought I worked there at one point is Myers and Chang. (laughs) Um, so it's a spot in, um, the South end in Boston. Um, they have a lot of different Asian cuisines that are there. They've actually Mm -hmm. started to do more Filipino food, um, specials, which is really awesome. But I've spent the past eight birthday, my past eight birthdays I've spent there. Wow. Yeah. Do you have like a a frequent (laughs) diner card? Do they have hole punch it? Yeah. (laughs) I think at one point it was really funny. Um, when Foursquare was like first happening, I was like the Maroon Foursquare. And I overheard like one of the servers say the other servers, she's the mayor. And she's someone's being mayor. like, what? Like, <laughs> she's not the mayor of Boston. Um, like, no, I'm the mayor of Foursquare, like app. a nerd. Uh, but I just like, that's that's my like cheers. I go in, mm-hmm. I always know at least one person. Mm-hmm. Joanne Chang is amazing. She is one of the um, owners. Mm-hmm. Karen Akonowitz, who um, was on Top Chef, actually. Nominated uh, for Beard Awards. Yeah. Several- several years yeah yeah and then um Vio Roberts who's there too who's a chef to cuisine so I always see at least one of them and uh I love the staff I love the food Mm -hmm. I love going there with multiple people I make everything tapas so it's funny because we'll like maybe go to a fancy restaurant I'm like oh let's order like a few things and share and they're like I don't know if we can do that here like Mm -hmm. we're paying money so (laughs) let's make it but they always make it fun like all amazing soundtrack when you're when you're there yeah um and they just have a good atmosphere when when you go and hang out and I clearly love the place right (laughs) I've gone there it is it is an awesome spot um and I think it kind of it speaks to the state of dining right now that a place like that can exist and be so popular um what do you make of the current state of dining like modern dining right now yeah um I I, I, I'm like trying to figure out what's, what do you mean (laughs) by that? By, um, like just the restaurant world right now Mm. and the different restaurants in it. Um, do you, do you go out to eat quite a bit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which is why it's hard for, I guess me. Even, even in Boston, I think you've seen this move towards, um, 
less. So like I, I used to work at Clio in Boston mm. and it was very fine dining, white tablecloth. Yeah. And then I remember the day that we got rid of the tablecloths and it was wood tables. And that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the restaurant world has kind of done the same thing where, you know, the tablecloths have been taken off. So I, I'm wondering what you make of that. And as someone who's hosting pop-ups yeah. in, in, in Boston, what do you see as like the food scene there? Yeah, I like the accessibility of everything. Um, just making it less daunting. There are just certain things that um, people, I know when I was, so I went to college in Boston and I just st- end up staying forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you used to like look at stuff online or even in Seattle or whatever and see the money symbols mm-hmm. and have that be the decision maker right? versus now. Um, I know some people hate photos in restaurants um, and a majority of the reason why I take photos is actually when I'm really excited about a place, I want other people to know about it. Mm-hmm. So it isn't even, yeah, maybe there is this like, yeah, I ate here vibe, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I'm stoked about this place. I want it to be open for like ever. Mm-hmm. So let me tell my friends about it. Um, and using social for that. So, um, I, I don't, I feel like I was at a, I saw a panel, like a restaurant trends panel recently that talked about, you know, it's fine dining out. I think people <laughs> will always want to have that special occasion place and they'll always mm-hmm. want to do that. But the, you have to appeal to different audiences and there's the, you know, millennials, there's the Z and et cetera, and making things more accessible. I don't think they need to dumb down anything or like change the service, but mm-hmm. I don't know, having these more open accessible environments and letting people know like, Hey, you can come here. Mm -hmm. Um, because people always want to dress up a little bit and go out Mm -hmm. to different spots. But I feel like, um, Boston is really, and and maybe this is like the places that I go to (laughs) is trending towards like group dining. So Mm -hmm. you're going with, you know, multiple people. If you say, um, state street provisions, which is in the Boston waterfront, um, part of the Grafton group, which Mm -hmm. is, historically been just on Harvard Square, uh, we ordered a bunch of dishes and they, and I said, like, oh, we're, we're family. We're going to, you know, I don't know if we're actually family, the people that want to do it. And they, you know, came out with four, we like a burger was one of the things we were sharing and they came out and they cut the burger mm. and they split the fries up and they put a little salad or anything. And I was like, what? Like this far surpassed my expectations of us trying to like, become burger sisters and just all of us <laughs> taking a bite. And like, that's what I was legit mm-hmm. going to do. Even the place is like a little bit on the nicer side. I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. like they, it wasn't a, Oh, they're sharing a burger, like mm-hmm. travesty. It was uh <laughs> how do we make this experience better? And I'm yeah. pretty sure the amount of fries that we had was over. There you go. <laughs> the amount, of, fr- the amount of fries that we would have gotten normally. Yeah. And so I think smart business people, Patrick Lee, who's um, one of the owners were there, like think about these experiences of, okay, they're going to share. Um, and this is good because then they'll come back and have tasted all these different things mm-hmm. and, and really focusing on the group time, figuring that out in time. I know it's a total pain trying to time stuff coming out from the kitchen and, and, you know, there's some places that are holes in the wall, like Forage um, is a real place I really love, farm-to-table place in Cambridge. used to be the 10-table space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that place is tiny. And so it's like, all right, we want to share these 10 dishes. How do we time those 
coming out. Like I'm a fast eater. Like she's going to be waiting while her slow eater friends are, you know, <laughs> nibbling and stuff. But I think focusing on that experience is, is awesome. And, and again, I feel like that's my experience is I tend to go in groups so that I can try everything, but the accessibility of it, the welcoming and the like not turn your nose up to, okay, they want to share. Um, and it's more like, you know, family, I feel like the restaurant industry is like, it's, it's, it's family everywhere, but in Boston, I feel like they show up for each other a lot and, and they, and you can feel that as guests in Boston for sure. So how did that, um, like seeing that atmosphere and liking, you know, enjoying eating that way, how did that influence, you know, designing your pop-up event? Yeah. So, um, so our first spot is actually, um, South, um, which is, um, by government center, it's near Boston city hall. Uh, and it's not, a, it's not like a traditional, f- like family family dining style where there's long tables. There's actually a bunch of small tables, but everyone's going to be <clears throat> real, knowing, close. <laughs> real close and knowing each other by the end. Um, and so when people were asking about us about our first pop-up, um, I mean, chef has, you know, knows the people from SUS. They're amazing. They've been so incredible to us. Um, and they're like, oh, are you going to do it in like a really big space that there's going to be like a huge seating? I'm like, that's not our vibe. Like mm-hmm. a lot of um, one of the key like words, if we were going to whiteboard, you know, Boss Filipino's first eat up was warmth. Mm. Like how do we, you know, how portray this warmth and so I feel like all of our events are going to be small on the smaller end because we that's a part of who we are it's how you know we would treat you when you came into our house Mm -hmm. and and so figuring out spots that are a little bit more on the intimate side um unless we you know throw some ragers (laughs) but on the experience and figuring out that I want people to walk away with new friends like always and connecting with people in the city and Mm -hmm. that's always been a focus for I'm like a serial community builder I have so many like different meetups that I host (laughs) and it's because I grew up in the small town and you know you could go to your neighbor and if someone had to run out it's like hey can you watch one of the kids for a little bit or can I borrow something and and uh um, props to living in a cul-de-sac. That's yeah. how we lived our lives. Uh, <laughs> so even in like something, some place as big as Boston, I'm always trying to figure out ways to make people feel like neighbors, feel closer together, um, feel part of the neighborhood. So thinking about a space like South, which also we just all love, mm-hmm. um, is important too. It's not like we're going to this place cause they're, you know, like, Hey, like, market our place like no let's pick a place that we all really like and really yeah. respect um and and have that intimate feel as well so it's going to be uh group dining in that everyone's going to be really close together chef's going to come out and talk about all the different dishes um which is gonna be great and everyone's gonna be tasting things together at the same time so it is that shared experience of oh did you you finish that? Or like, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, do you think they'll they have extra? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It isn't this, you know, essentially everyone is going to be close enough to talk to each other versus they're sitting at their own tables right. um, away from each other, like a traditional restaurant setting. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds absolutely incredible. And South <laughs> itself is just such a cool space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, um, Saus is this like tiny 
Belgian Fritz bar yeah. in Boston that's really fun. So you guys picked a really, really cool space. Yeah, we're um, chefs trying to figure out. They have so many sauces. Yes. Um, <laughs> as you as you may, may have gathered from <laughs> the, <laughs> the name. name of the place. <laughs> Um, and so you're trying to figure out how to work them in, in a, in a way that respects the food, but they're just so good. I feel like Mm -hmm. I could have, um, they have like this truffle sauce that I have with their frites all the time that I could just straight up have like in between as a palate cleanser, maybe in between, (laughs) which wouldn't be a palate cleanser because truffle would be overbearing. Yeah. It would kind of kill your palate, but you (laughs) know. Maybe at the end. Yeah. Have some frites on the side. Um, so if you had to have a last meal. (sighs) In a restaurant, Ugh. where is it, and and who's there? Who's invited? Um, so I think if you've listened to any anything else I said today, um, I I don't think I could have a. I would have to be like a last meal crawl. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that on the show before? Uh, there has been a three part last meal. Yeah, it yeah. is three days. I'm like <laughs> so hashtag so Boston. Um, I feel like I would get my bike and just like do just run the red line and like start <laughs> and go would to you all start the in like Ale, in Cambridge and in Alewife um, and work your way down. My my like love so. I feel like I would get some pie from Rosebud, which is a diner in Davis Square. Um, and then I would go to Harvard Square and just there's so many amazing restaurants right now. I'm a huge I mentioned the Grafton group already. So I'd grab a, some drinks at the Hourly, which is a new like seafood oyster place that's in Harvard Square. Um, there's a flower by there, so I'd pick up some sticky buns. Would <laughs> uh, <laughs> you eat those during the ride to the yeah. next spot? Yeah, people don't go. realize. Um, and then Waypoint's a really good spot. Um, uh, that Selfo just opened, who does all in Hartle in Harvard Square, and they have amazing crudos. So I would get whatever the crudo was. <laughs> um, Jamie Bisson and Ken Oranger just have a new place um, called Little Donkey, and they have really good kind of tapas style. I would get a bunch of st- anything special there. Is, we're still we're still in Cambridge, by yeah. the way. We're not even in Boston proper yet. <laughs> This is just Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, this is like all the stuff. And then I would go to A4K, which is this like barcade that um, uh, the folks from Roxy's and A4 open. So I'd have Justin Burger and have some drinks. Then we'd go over the bridge. Um, and then I'd, find, I'd essentially make my way to Myers and Chang. There you go. Um, and just do like the blow out there. But it would be, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't, I. In the past few years, I've had kind of closed birthdays where I'll do like a closed dinner, but I generally like to have just anyone just invite everybody. So anyone that wants to like share a meal that <laughs> would probably end up, it would, it would start with like 10 people outside of Boston and then it would just be this, just it would grow. turn into like a walk. <laughs> and then people would be like, is there a charity? I'm like, okay, let's do Let's raise some money. So it'd be weird. I don't know. <laughs> Like I think weird. that sounds like a great way to go. Yeah, Just I mean, it gets bigger and bigger as you go. Yeah, we, uh, Lila and Bianca and I did a retreat emphasis on the eat part um, <laughs> when we were when we were working out some boss Filipino stuff, and we we're, um, I wanted the girls to go t- 
take us to places that you really respected the food, you really respected the atmosphere, you really respected the service. And so we went to a bunch of different places and we like passed out after like three places. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Um, we, we, well, the, I think the good and bad thing is we started off at Ruckus, which is a new ramen place by the folks that own Chojo. And starting off with ramens, like, Nah, it's so it's heavy like, in rookie your move. Yeah. Rookie move. Yeah. Um, and Brian was there, like, sent out some stuff for us, and we're like, oh, goodness. Um, it was so good. But then we're like, ugh, what do, what do we do now? But I don't know. I, 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 I can't. Favorite band, favorite, like, dinner and all that stuff. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm very much. I am, like, a Yelp filter. <laughs> okay, so my final my final meal, like what time of the day is it? What time of the year is it? Na- is narrow it down like, by neighborhood. Is there 10 people there? Okay. The little dollar signs. Okay, is, if some of my friends, like my one of my core groups, there's someone um, that can't do pork, there's someone that can't do shellfish, there's a vegan, there's someone allergic to peanuts. Like, is that happening? Because yeah. then... <laughs> That impacts it. Because that impacts it. Or am I going with people that can eat everything? Or am I going with people, you know, I just, uh, I've been living there for 15 years now. So I just feel like there's, I, I have to like filter. And people are like, why are you asking me all these questions? I'm like, trust me, it'll be amazing. It'll, we'll get to the perfect yeah. spot. If yeah. You just answer all of these questions. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to be on water? Because we can do a water taxi. Like, let's work, let's work some stuff out. So. Yeah, I, I am. That's like the worst question to ask someone like me. Well, that is awesome. Where can people find more information about your pop up? Yeah, so um, you can go to the website Boss Filipinos B O S F I L I P I N O S dot com. Yes. Did I just spell? Yeah. I, hopefully, I just spell everything. Um, and then we have the same Boss Filipinos on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we'll be tweeting and sharing about it everywhere but yes it is september 25th um there's two seatings there's one at six and one eight fifteen um at south um government center blue line green line orange line hey. all the lines hey accessibility <laughs> like a accessibility <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and well the boss filipino founders will be working front of house so if you come by we'll be able to say hello um and chef roland will be in the back making all the delicious food and we're super, super stoked. Um, if, you, if you subscribe to the newsletter, we're going to have a lot of amazing stuff coming up in the future. So if you can't make it September 25th at South, um, hopefully we'll see you at another food event very, very soon. Excellent. Trish, yeah. thank you so much for coming on The Hungry Society. Thank you for... It was a joy to have you. Let me... Thank you for letting me evade every question that you no. asked me. No, you did great. That was perfect. Awesome. <laughs> thank you for listening. for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. 
Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.